Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on mixer.com slash spongepodsquarecast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and we are continuing on the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um,. I am finally up to date on episodes of this show. Uh, normally, I uh, I try to get a, a few guests on, and and when I have them on, I try to record more than one episode. So um, I have you know one in order, and then I'll let them pick another season one episode, um, so I can just build up you know content to release. Um, and because of this current situation that's going on in the world trying to stay from I'm trying to stay away from some certain keywords that um get flagged on certain sites as far as like oh no that's that's I guess too mature or you're not supposed to talk about something um but everyone knows what's currently going on it's it's the middle of April of 2020 uh and if you're listening to this in the future and you don't remember what happened during this time go back and read it up um, so this is the second episode I've been able to record at home, and the first one I did was one in between a couple episodes um, that I had to just I had to do because I you know I need to bridge this gap. Um, so this is this is it. Here here we are. We're continuing on. Um, for for anybody listening who might be listening to this closer to release, I am okay. I am safe. Um, I inf- I. <laughs> Unfortunately, the job that I do outside of podcasting, um, it, it's an it's a non-essential business that um, decided to deem itself essential. So I am still working during this time, which is which is thankful. Um, I am thankful of that because there's only so much um, extra personal time and um, you know, the time you may have saved and, and unemployment or the stimulus checks can, can help so much until it comes to a point of, okay, now what? So I don't really have to worry about that. Um, but I surprisingly maintained, uh, a level of, of safeness. So, um, so I'm okay. And uh, I do have roommates who both have varying degrees of essential jobs. They're okay. So everything's great in here in the, uh, in the home of, of SpongePod Squarecast. Um, so with all that nasty stuff going on, if you happen to hear in the background, it is currently a thunderstorm. It's on the mild side and I have to have a window open because for some reason, even though the heat off is uh, the heat is off in my room, it just became so hot in here. 
the computer wasn't even on. I didn't have anything on. And I walked in and I was like, this kind of feels like an attic right now. I need to open up a window and it's beautiful, cool breeze. But I am fearful that the noises outside um, are going to trickle in on the podcast, which depending on who you are. I am someone who can fall asleep to rain sounds, and I have one of those apps on my phone that that help out help that out once in a while to to fall asleep. Um, maybe for other people that those aren't great sounds to hear, and they don't like it. Uh, thunderstorms remind me of uh, my grandmother, who was so fearful of thunderstorms or thunder or lightning that she would. Um, she would shut off all of the electricity in her house. She wouldn't go and like turn off the main valves, but if she was watching TV, she would shut that off. She would shut off lights. Um, and she would, you know, corral me into the spare bedroom of her house and she would sit in the closet while I would lay on the floor in the, in the guest bedroom, either reading a book or playing a game boy color. Um, and it's so funny because just a couple days ago, uh, being at her house, she unfortunately has has passed this world um, uh, a few years back. But um, the the house is still within within our family, and um, and cleaning her half of the home, <laughs> I uh, I was with my mother, and we were in the room that was the guest bedroom, and I sat in the closet, going, "Hey, look, I'm." I'm uh, Nana during a thunderstorm, and she had she had a kick about that because she knew, you know, my grandmother was fearful of them as well. So there's a little there's a little anecdote for you that has a nothing to do with anything other than the rain going on outside. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, some big things happening. I'm thinking, <laughs> and uh, some people will scoff at this, just seeing that my um, my release schedule. I've released. We, we've been the show has been around for about a year now, and I have personally released um, it was definitely not on a weekly basis. My like release schedule was very sporadic. It was maybe one a month. If that I don't even think I hit one a month in a year because this is uh, I believe this is episode uh, 14 I'm recording Um but then, you know, during this whole situation and me being home and having some a few extra time, I I was able to edit, you know, some other episodes and get them out there almost every like three or four days. Uh, and our audience growth jumped up. Wow. If you put more content out, more people flock to your show. That's fantastic. And I still haven't even updated YouTube and Facebook with the with the videos. It's it's a hassle. But here's my thoughts going forward. I want to add. Uh, two other segments to the show, not on the, you know, not on like an episode like this, but um, one of them I'm thinking about uh, for reviewing movies or or other cartoons or things that you guys would like. Um, so I'm going to open that up as a complete um, uh, user, you know, for any fans of the show, if you want to if you want to hear my review or input on something that. Not necessarily a SpongeBob, but it could be another Nicktoon episode, a Nicktoon movie, a, a kids movie, um, you know, anything on Disney Plus, things like that. Um, I might have a weekly, you know, little short segment review. I don't think anything more than like five or ten minutes, um, just just for audio. If anyone out there is interested, and then there's another one that kind of in the same. It's kind of in the same vein as reviews, but just more talking about other things I'm into. And there is a way to kind of skew this so that it 
still fits the moniker of the SpongePod Squarecast. Um, so I am working on those two things, and I'm not jumping into it, jump jumping into those concepts until I feel ready and that I start getting this show out on a weekly basis. I'm just trying to find a day that I think works the best, and I'm leaning towards either Sunday or Monday being a, a regular release schedule for the show. Oh, for the show. Excuse me there. Um, so I'm always sharing what's on my head for you guys. Uh, and it obviously changes from episode to episode. So please, by all means, uh, find me on, on whatever social media you choose. Throw me a throw me a comment. Throw me a DM saying what you like, what you don't like. What do you think about these ideas? Uh, and for anybody who might throw even something out there that I didn't think about, I'm just going to give you credit. Um I want to build a nice a nice base over here of uh, of fans for the show. Uh, what would you guys like to be called? Um, shipmates seems weird. I know I'm the captain, but uh, yeah, shipmates seems kind of fine. But what other some what are some other you know names or concepts? I wanna I wanna build this up. So uh, of course our store on Redbubble is is open up as you can hear from the uh, from the opening ad. So. Checking that out, repping the logo of the show, the mini logo for the show. Um, I'm going to be throwing some designs up very soon for uh, the logo for uh, Video Bob Game Pants um, and a few other contemporary logos I have uh, working. There's a lot of stuff, and it's just me right now, so there, there isn't anybody else um, really helping on the, the back end of the show, so... Um, all right, let's move forward to today's episode. Today's episode is Jellyfish Jam. It is the uh, second episode of uh, episode seven. Its sister episode is Hall Monitor, which you listened to in the last uh, SpongePod Squarecast. Uh, season one, it first premiered August 28th, 1999 in the United States and May 27th, 2000 in Canada. That is a crazy amount of time between countries and we're like right next to each other i don't know what's going on there i mean there's not much localization i feel like needs to happen um i know that nickelodeon shows like the way things run up in canada um and maybe if i have some canadian listeners uh listening to this right now um if you can send me a message uh i think well i check instagram mostly so find at sponge spongebob podcast on instagram um the Nicktoons are not on one channel up up in the Great North. I believe there's different channels that air different Nicktoons. SpongeBob's on one channel. Danny Phantom would have been on another. Fairly Odd Parents was on another. Jimmy Neutron. Uh, the one thing I want to know, and I didn't look this up, did did Jimmy Neutron and the Fairly Odd Parents air on different networks in Canada? Because if that was the case, what must have happened with the Jimmy Timmy power hours like that. I don't know if, if you were, if you were a kid up in Canada and didn't know that all of these shows were on, you know, meant for one channel, you know, they came from the United States, Nickelodeon. Um, so they have these two cartoons on completely different networks meeting up. That must've, I got to imagine there's at least one Canadian child out there who may have witnessed this and thought it was like the craziest crossover. Like, Oh my God, channel channel 10's Jimmy Neutron and channel 50's fairly odd parents are combining. There's gotta be one out there. Maybe they were on the same network. This is information that I, <laughs> I, I would rather somebody tell me the correct information instead of me try to look it up and, and just butcher it. Um, all right. So we got jellyfish jam here. Um, 
for anybody that has ever thought about owning or kind of adopting a wild animal into your home, this is an episode for you. And we've all been there. We've seen baby animals outside, you know, and you see them online sometimes where somebody, you know, a, a baby squirrel or a baby bird just gets left by its parents and um, and gets raised domestically. And sometimes they, you know, get released back to the wild and sometimes they don't and they just stay indoors um, or they stay close to their their human parents. Um, this isn't taking a baby jellyfish bringing him into your home and adopting him. That happens in a later episode with a completely different species. This is taking um, a presumably mature jellyfish and taking him into your home. It's like taking a raccoon outside, an adult raccoon, an adult squirrel, into your home and expecting them to kind of adhere to how you live. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so before I talk any more about this episode, if you would like to join me, I'm going to be playing this episode in the background. Uh, my choice of method as usual. And I always have to remind people just in case I, I go though. This is a wrestling reference for any of you wrestling fans out there. I go the Paul Heyman method where if you always anticipate that this is the first time someone's listening to you. So, um, as usual, I list, I'm watching this episode off of Amazon Prime. If you do have Amazon Prime or know somebody who does, who can get you in on the family side there, you get the first, I believe, five seasons of SpongeBob for free. Um, what more could you ask for? I, I don't know where the other seasons are airing. I think maybe Hulu. Uh, but for right now... Uh, for the for the first five seasons, I am Amazon Prime bound. Uh, if you happen to have, obviously, the complete first season DVDs, um, the best 200 episodes ever. Um, just trying to read out some some the first hundred episodes. If you have the Hall Monitor DVD, that would be cool. And if you really want to be cool, you can grab the SpongeBob SquarePants Volume Two Video Now Game Boy Advanced. Uh, game movie and plug that in I don't know how many people <laughs> this is crazy I don't know how many people know about this um, there's a service called video now that um, that released a bunch of uh, Game Boy Advance games that they weren't games they were on Game Boy Advance cartridges um, but you would be able to play videos right on your Game Boy Advance. Uh, they were from Majesco. Uh, so they went right in. They had Nickelode Nicktoons um, like multi-packs with different shows on it. SpongeBob, you know, um, I believe Fairly Odd Parents had a few of their own. They had Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. They even had full releases of, of Shrek 1, Shrek 2, and Shark Tale, like full movies on a single Game Boy Advance cartridge. But you got to remember, in 2000, uh, when was this one released? SpongeBob SquarePants Volume 2 uh, was released May 12th, 2004. Portable DVD players weren't as around at this time. Maybe they were, they definitely were, but they weren't as like really cheap where everyone could get one. Um, as far as I remember, because I didn't have a portable DVD player till like 2006 or 2007. Um, or maybe, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, they would, you know, it would just be watching video on your Game Boy. It's not the greatest method ever, but for the time, it was really interesting. 
So if you happen to have Volume 2, you get Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, Pickles, Bubble Stand, and Ripped Pants. No, that's on the front. Oh, they made a mistake. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, Pickles, Hall Monitor, and Jellyfish Jam are on that are on that uh, cartridge. Apparently, the uh, the uh, front of the of the box was a mistake by including Bubble Stand. Can you believe this? What a mistake! Um, yeah, because you look at the back of the box and it has Jellyfish Jam there. So, if you really want to be cool and you happen to have Volume Two SpongeBob SquarePants on the Majesco Game Boy Advance cartridge. Go and grab that. Go and grab your SpongeBob Game Boy Advance SP, which I still need to find uh, online and get a good price for it because it's it's probably the greatest Game Boy Advance SP there is. Uh, put that on and you can follow along uh, listening to this episode. If anybody does that, look, if somebody videos themselves listening to this show, uh while watching while watching the episode synced up on the Game Boy Advance, I will send you a free T-shirt. Put that on YouTube, and I will purchase you a T-shirt from the from the show and have it delivered to you. Um, but you got to be the first person. Whoever the first person is that does that gets it. Although I would love to see a a bunch of people do that. That would be hilarious. Put that video up on the uh, Goofy Goobers Facebook uh, fan group there. Anyway, we're going to move on and uh, watch the episode right on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm going to be starting this right at the beginning of the title card. I'll let you listen into a little bit of the, the music so you can you can sync up properly. Uh, but I'm obviously not going to have that in the background because, A, that'll be distracting for me. Hold on. Uh, that'll be distracting for me. It'll be distracting for you. It's just not good for anybody. So uh, get Jellyfish Jam ready. And here's the beginning right now. There you go. You can sync that up. Um, I accidentally pressed pause a second, so you can probably pause it for a second. Anyway, as we mentioned, this episode has to do with SpongeBob taking home a wild animal. Not just any wild animal, but it is, in fact, a jellyfish. Um, I do think it's very interesting here in the beginning that SpongeBob disguised himself as like a rock structure with coral and a bunch of different things on the top of them to catch a jellyfish. Jellyfishing equivalent in, in our world, I imagine would be, uh, fishing or I, I don't know if bug collectors are, are out there like SpongeBob with the net or anything. Maybe, um, but it's like <laughs> him dressing up as a rock would be like, if you dressed up as a bush to go fishing, Maybe, maybe somewhere out there, there are smart fish that you could fool with that method, but I don't know. I don't know. But the jellyfish equivalent to our world is, is a honeybee. The buzzing, the stinging, and the fact that they produce something so sweet. They produce honey and jellyfish produce jelly, which is very interesting. And the fact that you're going to catch a jellyfish and milk it for jelly right on a toast, which by the way, hold on. The fact that the jellyfish starts walking like him, super funny, always. Um, but the fact, yeah, you just, it, so the equivalent would be to go out there to where bees are, catch a single bee, or at least go and get some honey, put it on some toast right in front of the bees and just eat it. That's not going to happen, by the way. Um, and kudos out there to any bee owners. That's a, that's an incredible job. 
I've watched a, uh, a ton of videos on that, and kudos to all of you for being able to do that. Um, so as you see, SpongeBob has the jellyfish on a leash. He wants to show it off to Squidward. Um, I don't know how many of you wanted to uh, wanted to take home a jellyfish after this episode. I have a f uh, very funny jellyfish anecdote for a lot of you. Um, when I was a kid, the first time I went to the beach and encountered a jellyfish, no one told me about the stinging to not approach them. I went with my aunt and I will say maybe she said, don't go near the jellyfish. But in the account of this story, I have no clue as to, as to if she did or not. But anyway, jellyfish kind of surrounding the water of the beach that day. Um, and I decided to sit on one and I burned my butt. Uh, I had to be taken to the lifeguard station where I think they had some, um, you know, some anti-sting medicine they they put on my butt. Uh, and then, you know, we went back out to the beach and enjoyed the rest of the day. But I was not enjoying the rest of the day. I was so upset that that jellyfish stung me that I wanted to do two things. I wanted to not only, um, I guess, get back at the jellyfish. But then I thought it would be funny to get someone else stung. So right near the right near the ocean, I dug a hole in the beach. And with my little pail and my shovel, I was like shoveling jellyfish to go to this hole, thinking like someone's gonna put a uh, someone's gonna put a towel, you know, their beach blanket over this hole and sit down and get stung. Ha ha. Um, and then I realized because of how close the hole was to the water, that once the water came up, it swept away all the jellyfish back into the water um, and kind of two and two came together. And I realized no one's going to sit this close to the water. Um, and it's not really getting back at the jellyfish. It's just them continuing what they're doing. Uh, so here we have SpongeBob uh, not getting along with the jellyfish. This whole dance sequence that I just talked through. Uh, one of the best of all time in, in, uh, in SpongeBob, one of the best songs they've ever created and has certainly remained in popular popularity. The jellyfish jam sh song has, um, has been consistently in the top, top five SpongeBob songs. I think if you ask anybody and I knew it, I know it's used, uh, for memes or for dances on like on TikTok and, or when Vine was on and Instagram, um, so I wonder what this jellyfish's whole plan was. I mean, he he wanted to go with SpongeBob. He was clearly having a fun time partying. Um, and they want to I don't know if like jellyfish just never listened to music before or it, what was that about? Like he knew, oh, if I go with this guy, we're going to put on some music. We're going to party. Um, the fact that all these jellyfish just came in into SpongeBob's house is just incredible. So it's just so weird. I like SpongeBob and his and his <laughs> the fact that he has a bathrobe. Um, SpongeBob's pineapple design is very interesting in this in this episode. Um, you kind of get to see this almost the stairs for the first time and um, the different floors that he has. The jellyfish. That the fact that they're smart enough to they the jellyfish are clearly smart creatures, at least presented in this episode. Um, they maybe have never been this smart before 
but the fact that they're not outright attacking SpongeBob is a big deal. They're just kind of messing with him. They're enjoying the music. They don't want to sting him. They don't want to hurt him. You think, you know, if, if they're really that annoyed, uh, they would just kind of probably sting him to get him out of the out of the room. SpongeBob's this is the first episode in the series to use any sort of uh, CGI. Um, the right there, which was uh, SpongeBob's house kind of bouncing up and down to the music is the uh, is the first time that that CGI was ever used in the show. The the fact that the jellyfish ha- were able to <laughs> squirt jelly through the phone is always a is a funny sight gag for me. Um, I don't know how SpongeBob was able to sleep throughout the entire night with the the jellyfish partying, but for some reason Squidward must be so um, sensitive to music that he was able to that he was able to hear all that. Uh, Squidward, of course, trying to play the clarinet. Right there was an error. I don't know if you you missed that, but um, Squidward was in his pajamas up until the close-up of him, which all of a sudden then he had his brown shirt on. Uh, And then he's back to his pajamas for the giant uh, clarinet. (laughs) The giant clarinet concert he plays for the jellyfish. I don't know if... um, Yeah, don't... Don't party with jellyfish, especially not all night. Um, SpongeBob's living room is on the first floor, but when he pops his head out the window telling Squidward to play his clarinet better, he appears to be on the second floor. I, I really, even though I, I don't think he went out the window right in the first floor, I think it's one of those windows right on the stairs that he was able to uh, to climb up and, and go ask. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the jellyfish make a little, like, tribute bonfire with clarinets uh with squidward's clarinet is is another funny moment for me i don't know is that the first time fire was ever used underwater in this show i don't think so but i should double check on that uh, uh of course the music gets destroyed and the the jellyfish are just pissed off at spongebob Obviously, if there's one animal in the world you don't want to piss off, it's jellyfish. Uh, Just being stung stinks in general, and um, from experience, jellyfish stings are not not fun. Bee stings are not fun, but jellyfish is worse. It's like a a rash that stays there all day where, you know, you get stung by a bee or a hornet, and I'm not talking about people who are allergic. Obviously, that's terrible. Um, but I, I've had it happen in the last year and it's just like an irritated area for, for maybe half the day or, or what have you. Um, but I've seen people with some jellyfish things that just, it's blotchy for days and, and they talk very bad about it. I guess it also depends on the bee or the jellyfish that you get stung by. Of course, stay away from the Portuguese man of war at all costs, uh, and I'm surprised that even though SpongeBob, as a show, has has had um, King Jellyfish, it showed many different kinds of jellyfish on the show. They've never had like this really big, dangerous one that everybody should be afraid of. I guess you could call King Jellyfish a. Uh, he might be a por- Portuguese man of war. Um, but here we have SpongeBob. I think. <laughs> 
showing the jellyfish that there's music out in the world. That's kind of how always I took it, you know, because they were clearly calmer listening to music. Um, and then after, of course, SpongeBob, and I kind of blame the jellyfish too, but they there was the fight and destroyed the destroyed the amp. Um, and the music got ruined. The jellyfish got really upset. So what calmed them down was the beat from from Gary's eyes. Um, so he's, you know, showing them how there's music everywhere. You can find music anywhere underwater. Uh, the anchor and the treasure chest are very interesting pieces. I wonder, other than bubbles, if there's anything in that in that uh, that chest. Um, throughout the episode, the texture of both SpongeBob and Squidward's houses changed. Um, they become lighter, lighter shades of the same color or darker. I always, I love those inconsistencies. There's just things about early, inf- uh, early animation that you can't replicate now unless you were purposely looking to, to replicate it. Um, and there's just those moments that you, uh, older animation just, they weren't done on purpose and they weren't really done on like an accident it was just something you were doing to make the you know when colors of the backgrounds it was just design changes as things were going on and just with the way current animation is how clean it is you don't really get those kind of gritty moments like you do a lot in these uh these early episodes of the first season so that was jellyfish jam uh certainly this was voted uh let's see did it have it here i want to see where it was voted on during SpongeBob's best day ever. I think it was this one, or it might have been uh on Hall Monitor I saw, which was the uh which was the episode before this. So when I pulled up uh the SpongeBob Wikipedia, it was on there. I don't think this was voted on. That's crazy. Um Alright, so we have our workers on this show. It was written by uh Anina uh Aneo. Torreson Jr., Eric Weiss, and Peter Burns, and of course, creative direction by Derek Dryman. Our uh, our animation was Fred Miller, and uh, Aneo Torreson Jr. was also the storyboard artist, which is really nice. Um, I like this episode simply because it gave the jellyfish a chance to show off a little bit more, except for just being... Um, a part of SpongeBob's hobby. It gave them, it gave of course one jellyfish in particular, a bit more personality, but it showed that all of them, they are smart. You know, the fact that when SpongeBob first walks into the room and catches the mass amount of jellyfish partying, the jellyfish are able to come together to, to create an arm to pick up SpongeBob and to put him on the light as a makeshift disco ball. So the jellyfish were smart enough to know to come together to to form a different structure to ca- you know pick something up and carry a, a person, uh, but they were also aware of disco balls, or at least even if they didn't know disco balls existed, knew that light coming out of uh, holes like that would make an interesting party light. Uh, so yeah, it, so it gave personality to one jellyfish. It gave personality to the whole flock of jellyfish, um, and. It was a it's a nice episode. It's it's nice and clean. Uh, Patrick doesn't appear in this episode at all. It's it's really um, uh, SpongeBob. And, well, Patrick appears in a picture, but, you know, he's not he's not in the show. But it's really just 
SpongeBob living his life and and his immediate next door neighbor Squidward having to deal with like certain fallout and whatnot. Um, of course, we have a very popular meme in here, which is the uh, which Squidward um, Squidward holding is playing his clarinet. Uh, and we also, this is a very rare time in the entire series where SpongeBob is very honest about uh, how bad Squidward is at the clarinet. You don't hear that often, uh, but this is one of the episodes we do. Um, this is one of two season one episodes, along with SB129, with a small scene that tests digital ink and paint animation. Um, and this is the first episode to use it. Now, I already mentioned this is the first episode to use CG effects with SpongeBob's house. Well, this is the first episode in which they were trying to test the digital and uh, the digital ink and paint animation. Um, it's when SpongeBob is standing on the hill uh, in the jellyfish fields with the jellyfish swimming at the end. That was all done digitally. And of course, the digital uh, side of SpongeBob would be used starting with the season two episode on a regular basis. So that's, that's really interesting. So you're not going to find a, uh, a, uh, a purchasable test shot of, of that part of the episode, but, uh, you, you would be able to with the, with the rest. So yeah, that was jellyfish jam. Uh, great episode of the show. Uh, of course, next week we'll have Sandy's rocket, which is a Super fun episode. That one I'm I'm gonna try to get a uh, a guest on because there's just so much that happens in that episode, and and I want to make sure everything is covered. And I think I think there's a nice conversation to have there uh, about uh, space travel and whatnot in this day and age. So I'm your I'm your captain, Captain Eric. We're signing off on this episode of uh, I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Uh, follow me on all forms of social media that you can find. We have a, a page on TikTok, a page on Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook, a YouTube. We have a merch store at Redbubble. Uh, and of course, any way that you deem acceptable and helping the show out, even if it's just a quick shout out here and there uh, on the Goofy Goobers Facebook page or on a Reddit post, whatever you feel like you can do as a fan, it is much appreciate, appreciated on this end. So thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Ah!